0: This incident threatens to weaken the possibility of romantic success between Leah and Jason as it portrays law enforcement as excessively violent and recalls the legacy of black women's sexual abuse by white men and black women's subsequent efforts to negotiate freedom from white men, not the freedom to choose white men as lovers and friends. Jason alleviates the threat when he swoops in and quickly whisks Leah away, making him an endearing figure of security. Later in the novel, Jason takes a bullet for Leah when a black man holds Leah hostage at gunpoint, signifying black women's uneven burden of violence and bolstering Jason's commitment to protecting Leah. Oof! I don't know, that's a little, uh, white, white, white male savior complexy to me. Uh. <laughs> Immediately after Spano insults and humiliates Leah, Jason protects and comforts her, but his support includes driving her home and initiating their first sexual encounter. First of all, I don't know what SACOR means, so uh, we're going to go ahead and look that up. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, okay, SACOR means help or assistance, especially in time of difficulty. Um, One of the things, though, I I have to say, uh, let me save that on the uh, dictionary app. I mean, on the app that I, store my uh words on because we don't have no sponsorships but yeah uh, yeah so one of the things i have appreciated about this book is uh you know um An- anika anika henderson um doesn't really compromise her vocabulary uh for anybody i mean i've learned several uh, words over the course of reading this book. I mean, I remember reading the introduction, which I think she calls the invocation. Uh, yes, yeah, she calls it the invocation, which is interesting to speak to the sort of larger themes uh, of the book, uh, veil and vow. She's really keeping with the marriage themes. But uh, in the invocation, I learned quite a few words, uh, you know, in that alone. So now, you know, S-U-C-C-O-U-R, S-U-C-C-O-U-R uh, is, is, is just the latest to that list. So thanks, Anika. Read together, Spano and Jason's response to Leah evoke the ways in which dominant society is repulsed by black women's autonomy and aroused by their denigration. Interesting. So um, here she's sort of like analyzing the interracial relationship um, where uh, uh, Jason, um, is, Jason's ability to protect Leah is kind of something that he gets, gets off on, right? Um, you know, after he's sort of been able to protect her in a certain kind of way, he initiates their first sexual encounter, right? And so uh, she reads that as him. She reads that as suggesting um, his ability to protect her, uh, um, you know, is directly linked to you know this this arousal and sort of like uh, sexual exploitation of, of black women. In another sense, Jason's fearlessness is a romantic cover for his resistance to Leah's display of sovereignty. He invites Leah to accompany him to a hockey game, and she declines. He responds. I'm trained to not take no's for an answer. Jason's romanticized persistence is compatible with Leah's desire to feel shielded from danger. But his answer recalls Leah's victimization in alarming ways. His response calls forth the violence Leah experienced with her attempted rapist, her ex-boyfriend, Alan Spano, and her white male colleague, Mike. But Leah laughs at his response and accepts his invitation, damn. So that's wild, like, you know, just this whole, basically, you know, her saying no and him not taking her no. Is linked to her sexual trauma, especially as he sort of explicitly says, "I'm I'm taught to not take no for an answer," right? And for for this character, Leah, we see, um, yeah, that brings up a lot. That brings up a lot of trauma for her, and that's that's really interesting. And again, we can't we can't uh, ignore the fact that you know uh, Jason is this white man, and you know Leah is a black woman, so that dynamic is ever present, um, and I I think sort of magnifies the relational abuses or relational harms that uh, incur uh that are incurred in that relationship <laughs> jason's so-called incapability of accepting no uh Dumberate uh adumbrates adumbrate? adumbrate? here we go another word let's do it adumbrate or adambrate oh that's crazy because i uh <laughs> i said them both ways so i wasn't wrong either way holler at me okay um but we, we have a definition here uh to produce a faint image or resemblance of, to outline or sketch. That's interesting. And I mean, you know, um, I think that this uh, page's pod is gonna be full of uh, vocab uh, because that's what Anderson positions us to do. Um I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that that labor, that background labor, and it's, it's it's something that I preach often, man. And I can't I can't preach enough. Like, if you do not know a word when you're reading the text, please go look that word up because if you don't. You know, the extent to which you've comprehended what you've just read, that's questionable, right? It's questionable. I'm a little skeptical of that, right? <laughs> she shreds photographs of Jordan and Kimberly, screams at him, and closes the evening, threatening him with a knife. The stereotype of the violent and unreasonable black bitch helps bolster the case for the black male's attraction to the undemeaning and allegedly more submissive, rational, and civilized white woman. Mm, say that shit, sis. Say that, Okay. <laughs> Jordan reprises Cleaver's conflation of white womanhood and freedom when he meets Kimberly, confessing, "I'd never met any woman who was so free." Mm, bro, you can't just say that in the text. Like, come on, bro. You just, it's like that's like, oh, if this fruit wasn't uh, low hanging enough, if it wasn't hanging low enough for you, let me just go ahead and explicitly say it myself as a quote. Like, come on, bro. That's that's it's too easy. <laughs> The starry-eyed fairy-tale depictions of white partners in Milk and My Coffee and The Color of Love correspond to the quixotic representations of white businesses. During Leah's love scene with Jason, she begins crying because she is stunned by Jason's consideration and awareness in contrast to Alan's sexual violence. The narrator observes that Leah felt a profound sense of relief and her body rejoiced with Jason. The supposed added benefits of black-white interracial relationships mirror John H. Johnson's claims that black consumers who have turned with increasing alacrity to white establishments, are offered extra services, luxury atmosphere, and a degree of glamour for the same dollar that they might have spent in black-owned businesses. Comparatively, in discussing her empowerment experiment, Maggie Anderson discusses the feelings that some have about black-owned businesses being inferior to shops owned by white people. This concern about the inadequacies of black business and idealization of the luxuries offered by white-owned businesses resembles the depiction of black-white interracial intimacy in both novels. Interesting. So basically the marriages, uh, excuse me, not the marriages, the relationships uh, reflect kind of how uh, uh, economics are uh, structured in, in these novels. So uh, that's an interesting point. Uh, I, I appreciate that point. Pages pod. It's like a tape.